The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. I want to mention a great resource for writers, and this month's sponsor, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. I'll expound later in the show, but the short version is this long-awaited book about the craft of creative writing from New York Times bestselling author Steve Almond sets out to debunk the well-meaning but misguided myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and most honest work. Pick up a copy today of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, wherever you buy books, more soon. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something special. Um, some days I'll do a three or four thousand word day. Um, in other words, I struggle to get that thousand done. But I, I enjoy the first draft of a novel more than anything on earth. And um, that same that process has worked for me for every one of the books I've done. And welcome back to the Writer Files. I am still your humble host, Kelton Reed, wishing you pages, patience, and perseverance per usual. Award-winning number one New York Times best-selling novelist C.J. Box spoke to me about his early years as a small-town reporter, how to write a novel in three to four months, and his latest Joe Pickett book, Shadows Real. C.J. is the author of 30-plus novels, seven of which are standalone, including The Bitter Roots and the story collection Shots Fired. Over 10 million copies of his books have been sold in the U.S. and abroad. He's won more awards than I have time to list here, including the Edgar, the Anthony Tuberry Awards, and the 2016 Western Heritage Award for Literature by the National Cowboy Museum. His latest in the Joe Pickett series is Shadows Real, and Kirk has said of the book, Just 22nd Adventure continues to give good value. Old school Nazis, newfangled terrorists, big sky country, it's all here. His books have been translated into 30 languages and two TV series based on his novels are currently in production. Big Sky and ABC and Joe Pickett on Spectrum Originals, soon to be Paramount+. Plus. He's an executive producer for both. In this file, CJ and I discussed his 20-year overnight success, why game wardens in Wyoming meet more bad guys, how to write two books in one, the unique research and meticulous plotting that goes into his novels, why he takes time to pay it forward for his fellow scribes, puffing cigars with Mark Twain, and a lot more. Stay calm and write on. And don't forget, you can always support this show by heading to writerfiles.fm, where you can also sign up for email updates, get links to merch, and other resources for writers. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click follow to automatically see new interviews in your podcatcher as soon as they're published and drop us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to help other writers find us. It's sort of spring-like almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it does kind of smell like spring in the air here as well. I'm um, in North Carolina, but uh, yeah, I guess you had a... a Kind of an interesting winter. 
Yes, we had uh, more snow than I can ever remember, which is good for, I'm a fisherman, so that means uh, there'll be plenty of water in the rivers and it'll be a great, great summer. Um, it is also, all this snow has moved the elk from the high country in the mountains down uh, more where we live. So hmm. we, my wife and I view elk every day out on our own property. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I understand that you were, uh, that you've done quite a bit of hunting and, and you're an out, uh, avid outdoorsman. Have you hunted elk um, recently or is that something that you? Oh yeah. It's, I write about it in the books. It's kind of funny where I live um, in the fall. Uh, everyone greets each other, like in the post office and other places, like, have you gotten your elk yet? Yeah. Um, it's very, part of the culture. It's part of something, um, everybody does. Uh, I, I, you know, I probably wouldn't hunt elk so much anymore, except I have three adult daughters who are real foodies and they love to serve elk to their guests. So they put pressure on me every year to get an elk and get to get it to them. And, uh, I'm a sucker when my girls ask for something. So I do it more for them than for me, but, um, it is part of just kind of part of the landscape. It is, it is. Um, and speaking of that, I mean, I can't wait to, uh, of course, dig into your your writing process. But yeah, I want to turn back the clock a little bit as we do with so many authors and just talk about your superhero origins. And then, of course, the incredible uh, uh, Joe Pickett um, series and Joe, uh, the character. But yeah, take us back a little bit to kind of the, the beginning of this incredibly prolific um and successful career um and kind of talk talk a little bit about those early years as kind of a a a, a news uh you know like a small time a small excuse me a small town newspaper reporter and journalist sure there was small time that's okay uh, it was for a little weekly newspaper i didn't mean it that way <laughs> Um, no, my, my background was journalism. Um, I, I, uh, went to college with the journalism scholarship. That was my main thing. Um, my first job out of college was working in a, in a real small town in Wyoming for the newspaper. And it, I didn't realize what, what, a, what great training ground that was, um, le, you know, learning to write fast, meet deadlines, interview people in all walks of life. Um, who I would not normally uh, know or even want to approach, but oh. it was great background for then for when I first started writing the first uh, Joe Pickett novel, which turned out to be open season. But it, it was it was like a twenty year process. Uh, you know, um, I started working on fiction while I was a newspaper reporter, and it was literally another 20 years before the book was published. So in that interim, I did, had a bunch of different jobs. Um, my main love was always, was always writing, but, um, I have to provide for my family and, um, you know, I was never a starving artist, but it took five years after I completed the first book open season for it to actually get published. And when it did, it made a, it was about Joe Pickett. It was about the endangered species act, the, it's a contemporary Western kind of novel. I never really thought of it as a mystery, but it was. And it was well-reviewed, and it was a New York Times notable book, and um, went into five printings, and the publisher wanted another book with Joe Pickett, and that's how the series was born. Yeah. I never thought I'd be writing books with Joe Pickett, but um, luckily the foundation laid in that very first book has served me well, and I never have to regret anything in it or wish... Um, 
the setting was different or mm-hmm. the characters were older or whatever. Um, so it, it all worked. And um, each book has then subsequently done better than the previous book. Um, that arc is still going up. And I still find it hugely enjoyable to write because I love writing about the issues um, in the West and in small towns and um, contemporary issues, controversies, uh, energy-based development stories, endangered species, hunting, fishing. All the stuff that interests me is, is, is what's in the books. Absolutely. Well, it shines through. And congratulations on, on the work um, and the latest, of course. Uh, I wanted to tie back, uh, Joe Pickett, back into my own uh, experiences with uh, the elk hunting piece because just to circle back, as you put it, it's just kind of a way of life um, for families that live in the, in the Mountain West. And um, I, I actually know a real-life Joe Pickett. My, my soon-to-be brother-in-law was a game warden in the uh, Aspen and Snowmass area. Yeah, Wyoming game warden, it, and there, you know, it's it's uh, it's a little different. Um, game wardens in the Mountain West are much more law enforcement than they are in some parts of the country, where game wardens are more like conservation officers. Um, out here, they tend to have great big territories. You know, sometimes up to five thousand square miles. They're very heavily armed. Um, they're very much on their own. They can rarely get back up if they get in a situation and they're out every day in their, their pickups with their Labradors. Um, and they do get involved in a lot of things that aren't just simply checking a guy for his fishing license. Um, hostage situations, kidnappings, murders, anything that involves law enforcement in a rural area will likely include the game wardens from that area. So once I found that out, it really opened things up on what kinds of topics I could write about and what I could get Joe Pickett involved with. Um, but, you know, as you say, yeah, Aspen Snowmass area, that's very much elk hunting country. So, mm. yeah, your brother-in-law probably has a pl- plenty of good stories about that. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think maybe the most exciting story, spending time near, I guess, Hunter S. Thompson's ranch um, when he was <laughs> still alive. Apparently, you know, he used to make quite a racket there. Um with munitions that he would fire off and, and launch, uh, apparently he had a beef with his neighbor, so they would shoot at each other. Um, so may, maybe that is the most exciting, that was most, the most exciting part of his job, but he, he did always have a freezer full of elk. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was a yearly, um, a treat to get to go up there and have elk chili. Yes. Yeah. It's good stuff. 100%. So the the most recent uh, is the, is Shadows Real, the 22nd in the series. Um, an amazingly prolific series that's uh, been lauded. And, and I will just, um, of course, I'll point at the book. I'll point at your home base there, which is cjbox.net. And um, this most recent one has been described as... Uh, Wyoming uh, game warden Joe Pickett and his wife Mary Beth make separate discoveries that put the Pickett family in a pair of killer's crosshairs in this thrilling new novel in the best-selling series. Hey, I just want to take a quick break for my podcast recommendation for this week. Have you run out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then take a listen to the Book Dreams podcast. Each week, co-hosts Julie Sternberg and Eve Yohalem use books to explore fascinating questions like, 
What happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus's wife that turned out to be fake? How did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Disha Filia, award-winning author of The Secret Lives of Church Ladies, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Catherine Schultz, and neuroscientist and dreams researcher Siddhartha Ribeiro. You can subscribe and listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers. Truth is the arrow, mercy is the bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing, and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction. And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read, and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books, and add it to your TBR today. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. Um, of course, we won't do any any spoilers here, but talk a little bit about talk a little bit about writing the different POVs in this one, and how I understand it was a little bit of a departure for you. It is, yeah. It's almost like two books in one. Um, one is with Joe Pickett and his wife Mary Beth. Uh, Mary Beth is the she's the smartest of the two, and has been since the series began. She's also the director of the, the local library in Saddlestring, Wyoming. And uh, she shows up early in the morning. On She's got to do Thanksgiving dinner for all the girls who are coming home. Um, they're all adults. And when she arrives at the library, there's a, been a package dropped off on the front. And when she opens it, she finds an authentic um, 1937 photo album that belonged to the number five Nazi official in the government. Um, she's in, she's both intrigued and horrified that this has been given to the library, but when she starts to dig into it, um, she finds out that, uh, a history on that photo album 
It belonged to a guy named Julius Stryker, who was one of the worst anti-Semites and the worst Nazis ever. And so she wants to know, how did it get in Wyoming? Why did they drop it off at her library? And while she's doing that, people are dying around the community who have associations with this photo album. Somebody wants it and wants it back. And there's something in the album that somebody's desperate to get back. So she enlists Joe Pickett. They're trying to figure out um, who it is, trying to get the, the, the album and um, what, what is the significance of that. And in the meantime, Joe Pickett's buddy, outlaw falconer Nate Romanowski, is on the hunt for a man who um, has stolen all of his falcons and uh, threatened his family. And Nate goes across the Pacific Northwest in the summer on the hunt for this guy. And he goes through a lot of urban unrest in places like Denver, Seattle, and Portland, right in the heart of that. And both storylines all come together in a final showdown in the end. Interesting, interesting uh, plotting. And I will uh, kind of return to the Denver piece because I understand that you're a, uh, a graduate of the University of Denver, um, a campus that I actually lived uh, several blocks away from um, recently. Uh, okay, yes. Very familiar with Denver. Everything, if you live in Wyoming, everything flows through Denver. You know, if you fly anywhere, you go through Denver. If you get news, you get it from Denver. So we're very keyed in to Denver, even though we're remote from it. Interesting. I, I do remember these uh, these riots, um, and they were pretty intense, actually. A pretty kind of interesting showdown between, uh, if, as you remember, I'm sure you you researched the Antifa, uh, the, the handbook, um, I understand. But uh, yeah, talk a little bit about the research that went into this book um, regarding specifically Antifa. And yeah, I, I found it fascinating. You know, who are they? Where are they at? How are they organized? In this case, the bad guy is associated with Antifa, but in a way that isn't revealed till the very end. It's got a different agenda, and I won't reveal what that is. But um, in order to research the book, I did go to Denver in the aftermath of some riots downtown, um, didn't see them happen, but definitely they'd been there. Lots of windows smashed out, um, lots of cops on the streets. Uh, Seattle was much the same way last summer. Mm-hmm. And then I got to Portland just trying to be right in the middle of an Antifa riot in downtown Portland. I watched it out of my downtown hotel window. I was on the third floor and they smashed out all the windows on the, on the first floor. And um, I watched it you know, develop over the night and was astonished by the fact that there wasn't a single cop on the street Hmm. the entire time. Um, I talked to people downtown, downtown Portland is different than if anybody's ever been there, they would not recognize it. Hmm. But so I wanted to, you know, give that kind of eyewitness ground floor view of something, some of the things that were happening, especially last summer. And uh, so got in, got into the read, read the books about the movement, read about them, um, talked to a couple of people who were associated with Antifa in Portland and wanted to include that in the book. It's not a anti Antifa book because uh, they turn out to be kind of a role player in the book. But I did want to incorporate that in my editor in New York. When he got it, he said, oh, man, this is this is the first novel I have read yet that um, gets into the middle of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it shines through, and obviously, um, you have a, a rather unique uh, research process. But talk a little bit about the synergy between um, 
going from the research process to um, now your process, 22, you know, 30 plus novels later, um, how you are able to get into flow state and really um, generate pages. Are you doing, are you working on a word count? Are you going chapter by chapter as some authors do? Um, talk a little bit about your process when it's at its peak. I, I always start with the issues um, or the controversies or whatever I'm going to, uh, you know, cover. Because I always think all these books are considered mystery or thriller books. To me, they're always about something besides that. It's not, they're not whodunits. Um, the, in this book, you know, it was going to be about the Nazi photo album and um, the, the search across the Pacific Northwest amidst Antifa. So I research both those subjects in full before I ever write a word. And then I sit down and um, do a bullet point outline. And the way I always look at it is how do I pull a reader through these issues in a page turning way um, without making them agenda books or um, political screeds or anything like that. So I do the point by point all the way from uh, first chapter to the end and then start literally writing on top of the outline. Um, it, and that's, and then I do a thousand words a day minimum until the book is done. So the actual writing process isn't as long as, um, it, when I, when I talk about the process, I mean, research is a big part of that. The writing process itself sometimes is only three or four months once I have it all blocked out and figured out. Hmm. And then I just, um, some days I'll do a three or 4,000 word day. Um, other words, I struggle to get that thousand done. But I, I enjoy the first draft of a novel more than anything on earth. And um, that same that process has worked for me for every one of the books I've done. That's incredible. Well, um, it's interesting. Uh, I think that you're at the point in your career where your name is larger than the title, um, which is always quite an accomplishment. <laughs> but also, uh, given the fact that you have the shortest name, of many contemporary uh, popular fiction writers. <laughs> that's, a, that's saying something. <laughs> well, you know, who knew going into this, but I've, it, it's been the greatest. I've, I've sat down with uh, other authors to you know, sign hundreds of books. Um, <laughs> one in particular, I can think Diana Gabaldon in, in uh, uh, Phoenix. You know, and she has to write Diana Gabledon over and over and over again. And I can just write five letters and I'm done. So uh, it wasn't it wasn't strategic, but it sure is nice when it comes to that. <laughs> it has saved the muscles in your hand uh, quite a bit of uh, recovery and, and pain. Um, well, um, <laughs> before we do a couple fun ones here for you, I will mention the book again. Shadows Real, of course, CJ Boxes. Um, latest in the Joe Pickett series, and I will link to your uh, home base there, uh, your Amazon page. Um, you are on all the socials. I'll link to those. And um, one final note on that one, the 22nd Joe Pickett novel captures what boxes readers love, the mixture of suspense, the outdoors, the familial relationships at the heart of the series. And of course, um, I thought uh, Book list uh, said nicely. Box expertly maneuvers readers through two entirely different stories in this twenty-second entry in the immensely popular series. Um, old school Nazis, newfangled terrorists, big sky country—it's all here, uh, based on uh, this nice Kirkus review. And um, yeah, so um, quickly, um, you've been you've been very sweet uh, to your peers. I don't know how you find the time to 
read uh, your your colleagues' books and blurb them as much as you do, but I've had very, a lot of comments from other authors um, thanking you for your generosity. I just wanted to mention that one. Internationally best-selling novelist and short story author Nicholas Butler spoke to me about working shitty jobs, the irony of his latest title, Godspeed, at defining the modern Western. Talk a little bit about, you know, kind of this classification of the modern Western, and you kind of had mentioned a couple of titles, or, you know, comparatively, you know, we're talking about maybe some Cormac McCarthy or similar, but yeah, talk a little bit about that classification, because I definitely sense that about it, you know, and it is it is a new um, kind of expression of this thing, the Western. Yeah. Well, as a, a Midwesterner, uh, you know, I was I was a little intimidated to to sort of branch out into this territory, but I I felt a hell of a lot better after we started getting you know blurbs back, and somebody like C.J. Box was like, "Yeah, this is you know this is a good book," and yeah. he's a Wyoming guy through and through. That meant a lot. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I remembered my first novel um, to have, you know, I, uh, Tony Hillerman and um, Lee Child and others who were generous enough to offer blurbs. Um, it meant a lot. So I want to carry that forward as much as I can. Well, that's, well, that's very, very nice of you. All right. A uh, quick fun one. If you could have dinner with any author from any era at your favorite restaurant in the world, who would you take and where would you take them? All expenses paid, of course. Ah, uh, it would probably be mark twain and i would host him at a restaurant not far from my house at a very exclusive dude ranch resort where he could drink a lot of wine and smoke cigars and tell stories (laughs) very cool a dude ranch remind us what a dude ranch is i mean it's 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 basically a um a, a western vacation uh, people book for a week, they ride horses, they fish. There's one not far from my place called Brush Creek Ranch that is probably the most exclusive one in the world. It costs $1,500 a night, but they have a tremendously good restaurant there with something like 30,000 bottles of wine available. Um, and But it's a great atmosphere. Very good. 30,000 bottles of wine is, is quite an accomplishment. Yeah, it's un- unbelievable. Well, we appreciate your time today of course congrats on the success of the series and the latest this is um really a lot of fun uh i'm enjoying it very much and i have not read the series in you know in order but found myself sucked right into the the plotting of course congratulations on that one um the last question for you is simply um any advice to your fellow scribes on just how to persevere maybe through you know the the good times and or the bad and how to keep going well, yeah, I think that that's the key. I mean, um, and I mentioned earlier my 20-year success story. 
Um, I think if you're a writer, you're hardwired to be a, a writer, whether you're successful or not, whether you're published or not. And I think if, if, if that's what you do, that's that's your calling. Um, do it. Um, there, there's other outlets, even if, you know, commercial published fiction isn't the way to go. But um, I think it's very important not to follow the market, not to say, what are they looking for? What um, does, does, does my book have to have the word girl in the title to be successful? And just go your own direction and your own way and um, not look out there, like I say, to follow the market. It, I think authenticity comes through, break through and stick with that. 100%. And that's great advice. Um, congratulations on your two current television series. I didn't get a chance to ask you about those, but Big Sky on ABC and of course, Joe Pickett, which I understand is going to, it has been picked up for a second season. Is that right? It's been picked up for a second season and Joe Pickett will uh, be on Paramount Plus in May. So it'll have much wider access and it's really good. Well, congrats on those and come back again and chat with us uh, about that experience and, and we wish you the best of luck in the future. Thank you very much. This was fun. Thanks so much for joining us for this file. And if you're a fan of the show, simply head over to writerfiles.fm for more. That's writerfiles.fm.